cryptic shift today. Hello, Ryan. Hello, Xander. How are you guys doing? All good. Yeah, man. Good to hear. How you, how you been? How you keeping? Yeah, good. Um, the arms a bit uh, hard with the record coming out and stuff, but... Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've come practice for quite a long time, but we've been jamming now for probably more than a month. So it's like lockdown and isn't even happening anymore. Yeah. yeah. Have you got... Did you, like, when you came back, did you gel put it break back? how it was before lockdown pretty quickly then? Yeah, I mean, it was good. I mean, me and Xander jammed before everyone else, but mm. yeah, they are quite surprised. I was expecting a little things to be a bit a bit rocky, but... Um, yeah, to say we, we haven't played the album in, I don't know, two or three months, together at least, it was, uh, it was really easy. Mm. Yeah. Let's fall back into it. Yeah. So how's it yeah. been? Like obviously you guys have been getting a lot of success. I so saw you guys in Metal Hammer on like the top twenty yeah. albums this year. Like that must be pretty crazy to see your name up there with like some of the greats and stuff. How was that? It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Like um we kind of expected a lot of the records, so uh it was like pretty humble to kind of like, you know, um receive the kind of reception that we aim to receive when yep. we were like working on it. It's pretty cool. I mean, we put a lot of time and effort into like making sure everything was perfect, at least like in our opinions and stuff. So it's yeah. pretty rewarding to kind of see it uh, be enjoyed as as much as we enjoy it and stuff. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, we tried to step up everything, really, every aspect of the band, whether it was the music to the business side and you know all the effort. And- to like time and power that we put into the record i really feel it's like come back to us in like yeah, like getting all these publications which is which is really great is it like a bit surreal to see then like just being published everywhere uh, it just feels good man like um yeah i wouldn't say surreal because uh like like we put so much time into the record that we already determined that um when it was released it was going to be released right. like the best possible quality and stuff so um like i said before it's kind of like humble and stuff because it's like yeah this is really nice um it's more of like a proud feeling thing yeah it's yeah. more like yeah it's definitely more but like, like to our earlier selves like a few years ago that would have been like insane like when we first started jamming like i'd have been probably subscribing to Metal Hour back then, and, you know, and, to, and I used to read like every word and listen to every band on the CD and, you know, try and right, get into it. So to know that there's like young kids like we were that are now reading about us and hearing about us, that's that's the surreal part, I think. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. so. Well, uh, did you know the article coming out or like before? Was it like just you, you, you got told like before it was like, like a day before or something like that or was it literally just a complete surprise or well um we we had like a pretty extensive press run when the record was coming out and i believe it was before the release day um dom lawson from metal hammer had got in touch saying that he, he really enjoyed the record and yeah. um, he wanted to do feature with us and stuff so he sent us like some review questions over and stuff like that and then me and xander like answered them as possible and then he took the best um, content from the responses, I suppose, and put together in the in the feature, which was pretty nice. 
Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Like said, like Ben and Mel Hammer's cool because on the same level as Xander, like I grew up reading that magazine and stuff, mm-hmm. and I haven't necessarily read it myself in the last few years, but um, just to be in there as a UK band and stuff and getting such a, you know, uh, high praise from a publication like Metal Hammer, it's, it's pretty awesome. It's a really good feeling and stuff. And um, it just kind of shows to me that, yeah, the, the record has come out the way that we really wanted it to come out. And I think that's probably the more rewarding part about it, really. Just mm-hmm. kind of having that inner validation that everything's going good, you know? Yeah. It was it's much better than, you know, obviously not been featured in Metal Hammer, so... What was, like, your favourite part of the new album then? Like, obviously, because you guys went into, like, a 25-minute song, which is, like, pretty, pretty you know, amazing to do, like, a 25-minute song, like, second album. Like, how how was the process of doing that then? Uh, what do you mean? Do you mean writing it or...? Yeah, just, like, writing it and, like, your favourite parts of doing it. Getting it finished was the best part of <laughs> <Yeah>. doing it. <laughs> it like a weight off your shoulders. Like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Like we spent like three years uh, putting it together and recording it and everything. So, you know, finally getting it finished and uh, working with Blood Harvest was probably my favorite part. But um, I, I guess I would say like just taking ourselves more seriously as like songwriters and uh, players. Um, uh, it was never necessarily like. We, we, we never really sat down and determined that we were going to write a 25-minute long song. It kind of just progressed that way naturally. Um, and, like, I'm sure we'll get on to the concept of the record a little later on or something, but um, that kind of, like, kept it cool because it didn't necessarily feel like it was just playing a 25-minute long song. It was kind of like, it's, it's cool how um, the songwriting... And, because the songwriting lines up with the, the concept story within the lyrics and stuff like that. So seeing how that um, unfolded was, was really cool. Yeah, writing it was kind of like a, a jigsaw puzzle, you know, and uh, and there's these, like, missing spots. When we were quite far into the, like, near completion, you know, there was a few missing spots, like jigsaw pieces, and, and it was just about find, finding the bits that, like, corresponded to the story. It was like, oh, we need to write a part that fit this dynamic of the story and you know to get the the end piece but like like you're saying it was it was good to finish it because at one point it felt like we were never gonna finish it yeah Yeah. Um, (laughs) we became content that the rest of our lives would be oh yeah just going to the studio a few times a week till like 7am just just hacking at it and it'll be all right i remember once we, we played london and uh i was driving back and we drove back on the night and it was just a long, long drive. It felt like forever. I remember thinking, like, like no, three, three or four hours in, I was like, my whole life has been driving. I don't remember anything else. And that is like, <laughs> I had two or three years into like recording this album. So yeah. But it really does show in the album by yeah. the amount of work you put into it because like. I I listened to it when it came out, and I was actually I was genuinely like blown away with how like well put together it was. Like it, every single element was so well like made. Like while listening to it, going oh like fucking hell, like it was it was a, it was such a good listen. Like 
honestly, like, um, what I kind of want to ask you with it were, were there a lot of songs that you found that ended up on like the cutting room room floor? Like when you were like writing it, did you find that when you were putting it together, you go, oh, that song don't fit anymore. We'll, we'll get rid of that. Or was it all just, you kind of had the basic idea of the album and then you just expanded on it all the time? Uh, no, regarding Critic Shift, personally, I don't want there to ever be any songs on the cutting room floor. It's mm. all, like, the, the song titles are all, like, predetermined because of, like, the, the, the sci-fi story. So, you know, I, I was jotting down, like, lyric ideas and story ideas and, like, the track listing and stuff, like, years and years ago. So it, it was always the plan to have these group of songs together. So it was just like finding music for these four songs rather than trying to come up with a random song and then trying to fit it in. Mm. But in when we were putting together the songs, writing it, there were riffs that came and then I'm like, I'll oh, scrap that riff or, you know, riffs that weren't used or sections that had to be rearranged and stuff. But because we're going to be continuing this story over our next releases, and like I said, I've been writing down track titles for years, and you know, there's there's a bunch of track titles that I've had for the same amount as these, and they've already got little bits of music written. So I guess when we decided that we'd be doing visitations from Enceladus, which was these four set of songs, you know, the the other tracks that were like already predetermined, sort of got pushed to the side. Right. Yeah. So, like, what about the concept then? So, you said that you wanted to delve more into that. So, uh, what's the what's the big story then with this one? Do you want the big story or the condensed big story? Yeah, I mean, that's a big question. Yeah, we got time. Give yeah. us the big story, man. <laughs> Do you have any uh, favorite part of a certain song or a favorite lyric? And maybe I could delve like really specifically into that element. Well, I really liked the Arctic Chasm, so explain that one to me. All right, so that's the front cover of the album, you know, with the guy in the red. Yeah. Or, uh, um, that image depicts a part of that song. So the Arctic Chasm opens, and our main character is in this other realm, this this weird, like... Um, dimension called and we called it Raskazu. Yeah. She's there to obtain these items called the urns of Orak. Sort of like a video game, you know, when you can't progress to a, a next level or you can't defeat a boss without going to this place to search for this item which will like yeah. power you up. I think it sort of comes from that that sort of progression. So uh he's been trying for years and years to conjure this this gateway. Where, where like the final boss sort of is, but he's unable to do so. So to come to the gateway, he needs to uh, portal to this realm of Raskazu, in which he needs to find this this temple called Upshukinaku, which is the that black obelisk in the distance you see on the, yeah. on the cover. And uh, he tries multiple times, but he can't seem to last long enough in in this realm without being like pulled out of it, he's like he's like mind and body are pulled back out to the real world. So eventually he's he's kind of like a 
not a magician, but like some sort of like Jedi sorcerer kind of guy. Mm. And he's working away in his Arctic chasm base. And eventually he manages to enter Raskazu with like 100% form. He's able to remain there for a long enough time for him to get into Upshukinaku um, and then find these urns of Orak, which are beneath the temple in these like labyrinthine uh, corridors. So uh, that's the first half of the Arctic Chasm. You know, he's arriving there, he's wading through the water, he finds a temple, yeah. he goes in, and it's uh, Upshukinaku is like the council chamber of the ancient, ancient ones. And he goes beneath, he finds his urns, and he sort of teleports back out to the real world, and he's, he's got these items, and with them, he has like more power to summon this gateway, which will lead to the area where the main adversary is. So he punches his gateway and, and he flies up in his ship. And it ends just as he's standing in front of this sort of like bubbly membrane of sorts. And that's where planetary hypnosis starts as he walks through. That's so vivid, isn't it? Yeah, like. What were you like playing or like watching? Like, did you get any like inspiration from any like TV shows, movies, or games? And for that, because alignment, like you said, it it does sound like with a you know a final boss, you need a certain item. So, what was the inspiration behind Elisa's song anywhere? Um, inspiration specifically for the Arctic Chasm story-wise, uh, I don't know really. Um, probably just playing that many video games all just combining mm. you know, yeah with the, 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 the yeah there's, there's there is a little bit of blood uh, bloodborne yeah you know yeah. I, I would say I'm like um, an yeah, array of these that. ancient gods in the law the mythos uh so we've we've got like a set of like ancient gods and stuff that are, are like god of god of incantations and god of gateways and stuff like that um but i think moonbelt was the first thing to come into my mind regarding like the story and the environments and then then it was just a case of like thinking of what to go next and it just stemmed from the moonbelt thing and somehow we came across the fact that this guy needed to go to some place called upshukinaku to get some you know yeah yeah, cool. Have you ever uh, thought like doing a? Oh, go on. Uh, visuals are really important, I think, as well. So you know, the front artwork like really describes this place called you know in the Arctic Chasm. And as you were saying, me describing that, did it conjure up some more images in your head of what might be going on in the story? Yeah. 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 You know. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just think of it. Oh, that's so cool. Have you ever thought about doing like, you know, if you do like a music video or like that, shooting like the story of that as it goes along? Have you ever thought about doing that? We'd really like to if we had like a few grand to hire some. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as I was saying, that, I was thinking that's going to cost a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like you've got a good grasp of like making a TV show along with the album, to be honest. Like, yeah. it's, it's uh, like well thought out and vivid, like even just for an album. Yeah, like, normally, when, obviously, when you ask bands, like, what was the inspiration, they, they just kind of go, 
oh, it's about this, but like it, the fact that you that song has like a full story to it, and that's just one song from the album as well. That's so interesting and so cool, like as a concept to even think about, like the fact that every song has a like a little story to it. It's fucking sick. That, that is, man. <laughs> Honestly, that's fucking sick. Have these like cheesy concepts like, oh, what's your album about? Oh, it's about me breaking up with my girlfriend and yeah. oh, just having like boring, shitty ideas. So, the fact that there aren't any good ideas out there, I think, you know, they're interesting, like sci fi adventure stories. Yeah, I'm like, that motivated me, I think, to want to create this. Mm. That, no, yeah, that's, definitely. That's so cool. Like, as well, it like, I, I think with you, like, what really strikes me is your imagery and the consistency and the theme that you've got like a lot of bands will start a theme and they never really stick to it whereas on social media and everything user consistent with that like how did the the whole sci-fi theme actually start for you like was it a sort of like a vision straight away or did it kind of come later on yeah uh that was pretty natural just through um, myself and Sanders Bond in like just enjoying sci-fi in general. Uh, we both grew up with, like Star Wars brats. Mm. So um, I still to this day would consider myself a Star Wars brat. So um, just like <laughs> other than enjoying stuff like, you know, extreme music and stuff like that, um, we kind of just get on because we like sci-fi movies. So... <laughs> There wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like something that we decided to do. It was kind of just more natural. Like yeah. Alexander said before, um, it would probably be really hard for us to put a, a, a record together with some sort of like moral like outlook or <laughs> political or personal. For us, it's just like, no, nah, let's let's make music about sci-fi and stuff because sci-fi is awesome and you know yeah, exactly. every sci-fi movie different and stuff like that and you know there's there's no like limitation to what you can create really you know no definitely because because we can like keep going and like you know cook up like concept ideas about basically anything you know and that translates up to music if you've got this wild sci-fi theme where you can create anything it kind of makes it like you can do all with the music as well mm-hmm. yeah well yeah like that's, what, that's that's pretty in there with the a lot of stuff on Moonbelt Immolator there's a lot of moments that sonically um represent you know sound effects that we wanted to you know put together organically rather than having a sample or uh, relying on like keyboards and stuff like that because none of us play keyboards you know, like how 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 can we make uh, a drum kit and a couple of guitars um, sound like a ship is crashing down on the planet? You know, and stuff like that. So that was like really fun to do as well, because you know, sci-fi is awesome and it's always going to be awesome because the future is never going to arrive. So <laughs> yeah, true. I feel like political stuff and you know songs about dragons and like you know there's like. Sometimes it can be interesting, but I feel like it's like beating a dead horse. Like it's always been in metal, you know what I mean, from the beginning. Like bands are still doing it, but to actually, like you said, with sci-fi, it is never ending and there's so many different concepts you can play around with. Like it always feels fresh when yeah. people do it. It's like when, when I think when bands go political, like there's only so much that you can say that has that hasn't already been said. 
And I think yeah. with using that's I think that's why it's it's so like interesting. But like for me, like how you use a band come across because it's you haven't put yourself in like a box. You literally do have like the the sky's literally the limit for you. Um, and I do think that's like nice pun there. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice pun. Um, but yeah, honestly, I, I I fucking love the new album. And knowing that yeah. like that that part about it as well like, even makes it better for me. Um, yeah. So what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, we definitely appreciate that, and that's like one of the main things that we wanted listeners to really get involved with was like the imagery and the story, and you know, linking it with the music yeah. and that way. Yeah, like we're the we're like the biggest sci-fi nerds ever. Um, we kind of wrote this record for the nerds, so it's like you know, that, that's like starting the album with a twenty-five minute song. You know, you know, if if you can't get past that, then you know, if that doesn't yeah. interest you and excite yeah. you, you know. Then, but it's 25 minutes, yeah. but like it's there's so much happening in the song that it's like listening to seven different songs at the same time, yeah. but it's still consistent with each other. And like you said, with all these different sounds you incorporate, like it just it sort of whisks you away a bit. Like you feel really immersed. It's almost like you've got VR goggles on or something. So it kind of carries it with it. Yeah. It, it literally is like when you listen to it, it is literally it, it's it's I've never heard anything like it. Like yeah. I've listened I listened to it and I was like. It's like it's next level. Like it genuinely, it does feed your imagination with it, and like it just genuinely, it don't like you haven't heard anything like it no, at all. Like you, not. you listen to it and you go, "There's no other band doing anything like this." So honestly, you did a fucking cracking job with the fucking new album. Honestly, yeah. and you, you can probably see like the actual labour of love that you put into it, like come across. Um, with with that being said. Uh, is there anything in the works like Slime Lord or all, like for side projects and that? Uh, we've just finished recording the next Slime Lord EP. Really? So that, that'll be out before end of year, definitely. Uh, we actually recorded it back in February or March, but... Yeah, it was just before lockdown, right? It was just before lockdown and, you know, we've been rehearsing lots to do it and then and then we had, we, we, we had a go at it and it, it wasn't quite right so we we're gonna do it like in the next few weeks again you know to get it really tight again and then lockdown yeah. happens so couldn't do it but i mean i suppose like you said started. like having three years of doing the album like you know finally getting the weight off your shoulders i'm sure you guys appreciated a bit of a break in between mm. you know doing slime lord as well yeah yeah probably yeah <laughs> but I'll, I'll so yeah Lockdown, it's like been left a little bit. We've just been recording the new Slime Lord EP. And uh, yeah, Cedar Doom will do it in Europe. And um, we're on Sewer Rock, Sewer Rock, Sewer Rock yeah. Records in uh, California. are going to be releasing. That's going to be sweet. Yeah, that, that does sound sweet. Have you got any like plans for gigs in 2021 then? Um, there's a, a lot in talks with Cryptic right now just about like worldwide touring and stuff like that um because the record's done pretty well everywhere to be honest um well i guess no one really knows what's happening right now so yeah planning stuff things confirmed is like really like like walking on thin ice right now you know so we're not necessarily um trying too hard to uh 
accomplished anything on that front. We're just kind of going to wait until things do go back to normal. Hopefully that's yeah. sooner rather than later. It's going to take however long it's going to take, right? So, um, I mean, once there is some stuff that's planned for May, May next year is kind of like the earliest uh, we've got planned. I think that's a pretty realistic um, yeah, time. That's what I was going to ask you guys, actually, because obviously you're quite involved in the music industry. Like, I wanted to know, like, do you know anything about what's happening with gigs reopening or anything? Like, has there been any talk within venues reopening or what? I mean, it'll be spring next year. Yeah, spring. It's, it's, I, 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 think, That's I personally don't think here in the UK anything for March next year um, is looking likely. I mean, they might they might try it before then, but I don't know. I'm I'm fully anticipating the second lockdown around winter time. So I, I don't think that's gonna fade away until like at least March next year. So no, you probably won't. Until... Oh, we're slightly like falling. <laughs> yeah, like it's such a weird time at the minute. Like, because we oh, we've got ingested in in December, aren't we? Yeah, but I, but I, I, think... I don't have. I, I'm thinking that's gonna get cancelled. Like, because. Yeah. I think it's just it's hard to nail anything down because it's all just no one knows how to deal with it like at the minute. Like, did you find in like lockdown was anything that like you tried working on in lockdown or anything like that? How did you adjust to it? Because I I I know from experience like for bands it it really hard. Like with my band, I tried doing we tried doing Skype fucking practices that didn't work out. So. How did you approach it? Did you just kind of wait until it were lifted or? Um, I mean, I thought it was pretty sick because just didn't have to open, chilled it up. Yeah. <laughs> we were all in- that was my <laughs> mind as well. Yeah. You know, the new Call of Duty was on. We were playing that like every day back in March. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was, it was kind of nasty. Sorry. It was like kind of nice to. Um, do nothing after like doing stuff all the time for so many years and the record was coming out i mean the record came out in like may um when the lockdown start like march so we kind of had that to look forward to and then after that there was a lot of like interviews and stuff that needed to be done so we had like loads of time to to be working on that which was awesome um it, it sure as hell was easier than doing it than if we'd had to do it whilst going to work or in between touring and stuff like that so right. uh, it was cool I mean, everyone was like at home like everyone in the world was at home so when the record came out i don't know i don't know if it would have been any different if the record hadn't come out during lockdown yeah. um, if lockdown but, happened now and it has come out in may you know a lot of records that have been coming out probably wouldn't have got much attention because Everyone, everyone was busy, right? Everyone's busy, you know. But yeah, luckily, everyone was at home. Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, I had the same sort of thing. Like, I, I did kind of enjoy lockdown in a way. I got more time to sort of do things that I felt like I was too busy to do before. Because I've been working um since like March time. So you know, I was been playing PS4. Got to catch up on Last of Us 2, play Ghost of Tsushima. So I can't really complain. And then like also just doing other stuff that I, like I said, I wouldn't have had time to do if it wasn't for lockdown. So. 
it's been a, a gift and a curse at the I, same time. I found that I started like picking up like random hobbies. Like I'd switch out hobbies like every other week. Like I, the only thing that I've stuck to is I've been try, I've been trying to learn guitar, but fuck, honestly, my fingers are so fat and slow. Like <laughs> I can only play like proper <laughs> slow shit riffs. I could just sit there like, oh for fuck's sake, <laughs> like for ages. Um, you can start band if you can only play slow. Hmm? <laughs> that band if you can only play slow for now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, yeah, I, I might as well yeah, start. It's a picky genre. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I bought a, I bought a nice little Jackson, and I've I've been I, in lockdown. I'm practicing solidly five hours like a day, doing metronome training and lot to try because I, I I'm impatient as fuck. Like, so I want I, I want to get good and I want to get good now. Yeah, so I've actually thought of a better question. Um, I mean, to have the rounds come back. Oh. <laughs> there you go. I actually thought about a better question. So, like now with with the position you're in, where you're already you're already pretty established and you're doing well, um, what advice would you actually give to people starting out, like just starting bands? Like, what would you actually say is like top tier, most important um, advice to give? Yeah, because Nerf wants to know, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> this is just for himself. <laughs> don't spend more than enough time playing uh, the same places, especially like your hometown and stuff. Because mm. once you start like getting out and about, um, people kind of see you a bit differently. I mean, because we, we, we've been playing together in like bands uh, within Leeds for quite a while. Um, but that's because it took time to kind of like network and meet bands that wanted us to go play other cities and stuff like that. Once we got like touring and, you know, been able to go and travel to play shows, that's when things get very different because um, like Leeds is probably one of my least favorite places to play um and we, we've got like um, a much greater following in like especially in london um scotland uh even like manchester and even even york to some extent yeah uh, it's a little bit better than leeds and stuff i don't know if that's changed now because of the record because obviously we haven't played live so there's no way real way to kind of gauge um how how different things are now but uh, for bands that are like starting out you know get get good and get tight and just just have fun like try not to take yourselves too seriously um because i think a lot of bands do that and it's very apparent but for us like talking just from experience um just playing different places and going and traveling six hours there and back to go play a show in london to just to get like 20 20 quid payment you know and just meet people and you know yeah, yeah it's about meeting people really and just experiencing things is important you know the saying it's it's all about who you know and it kind kind of is because you know the more you play out of your own town you know more the more that you go on like shitty weekenders and you can barely afford the van you know it's just about meeting people in different places yeah yeah and like it's just about like just enjoy yourself and try not to think too much of it because like if if you become too um if you become too obsessive about the idea of becoming popular and stuff like that it's probably never going to work because you're probably going to quit um before you get
think you guys have cut off. Good. Oh, there you are. You're back yeah, now. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you cut off. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, like before the record came out, we were doing pretty good. Um, but uh, like once the record was released and um, you know we've been getting like attention and, and messages and, and like new fans from like all over the world and stuff like that um, it, it kind of came out of nowhere so it, it's pretty weird just to consider that you know when, once the album was released things really did suddenly change as if overnight um, considering the position that we were in at, the, at that one point before then so just you know persevere and have fun and um, really like I don't want to say like believe you're the best of all time but believe you're the best of all time I mean like don't just by that I mean like don't compromise yourself you know yeah and we really like Megadeth especially like the Rust in Peace era mm-hmm. and you have to think you know if you if you were Dave Mustaine in 1990 you know do you think Dave Mustaine thought, oh, this record's all right, you know, we might yeah, do all right. Was the best. <laughs> he thought he was the best in the world. He was. <laughs> he, was he was the best in the world, but uh, no, absolutely, man. Just have fun, be good, um, meet people, um, play some really bad shows in foreign countries in front of two people. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think you should put attention into every aspect as well. You know, it's not just about writing the good songs, you know. And like you were saying now, we presented ourselves on social media. You know, you picked up on that. It was all sci-fi themed. And, you know, you, you do kind of need to put attention into that, you know. And even when you're, like, emailing people and down from writing songs down to your... your appearance online you know and even like artwork for your releases and and like even like the track listing and you know just thinking over everything the song titles you know just put put effort into every aspect yeah i think like because some bands might put effort into the artwork or some bands might put effort into the songwriting but i think it's good like you said to be across the board like put every bit of attention to detail into every element that goes into it but like, and also just, you know, don't take yourself too serious at the same time. Like, it's definitely a balance of everything, isn't it, really? And especially what you said about the networking as well, because, you know, there's some bands that, you know, they'll, they'll play the hometown, they'll get like, they'll get like a fan base and they'll think, oh, shit, I'm growing here. But then if you don't branch out, you know, you, you're always going to have the same fans and you might stick to that same sort of fan base. So. Yeah, it's like, I've seen bands that have been really, like, really fucking good, but because they haven't networked, They've always stayed as that, oh, well, when there's a gig on in Leeds, we'll put yous on. But then, but they've never expanded out of it and they've never networked and never spoke to anyone. So they sit there and they're like, I wonder why we're not getting gigs down in London. I wonder why we're not get, getting gigs elsewhere. So I think like, yeah. what you said. Yeah, we get known as the band that always gets put on like the, the Leeds show or whatever. You know, and if you build up a, a big fan base in your own hometown and that's it. As soon as you get a gig in like the next town over, you'll be thinking like, oh yeah, where where sick, where massive, and then you turn up and it, it's not as I expect. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen it countless times where like, you go you you go and like there'll be like two people in the room, 
and then the, I find that 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 then that because they've had such a big following in their hometown, it like, crushes them. It'll crush them, and yeah. then they throw them off, and then the show's a bit like not as good as it would be normally because they're like, why is there only two people? What? Why isn't there more? Why? Why is there only two people watching it? You, you got like, like you got like players if you're playing Wembley. Yeah, like, I, I feel like even a, if there's two people, I, I guess. feel like a lot of bands expect there to be an like a big audience straight away. When they don't like, I don't. Everyone, I think everyone, a lot of people underestimate it. Sometimes you'll do a gig and there might just be yous on stage, like. Yeah, but you just keep grinding, don't you? Yeah, you just gotta keep grinding. I think yous are the perfect example of that because, like, the first experience, like the first sort of time I ever, like, I heard of yous was when you did the suffocation gig, and from where you were then to where you are now, and in such a short space of time, is it's really actually impressive, like because everything's consistent everything's you've nailed everything like it's almost like if there was a book on how to get big use of like hit every point like everything is like so good like from when i saw you at suffocation i was like these guys are fucking they're gonna go somewhere and like seeing it happen before me i was like oh and the minute i saw you in metal hammer i was like i will gas for you because i was like that's fucking mint. Like that's what I thought. It's that like, was the attention you deserved from the start, like the start off. So it was. I think it was very like well earned. Like, yeah. I was there like that. I'm happy to see that. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, good to see it pay off. Yeah. It was good to see it, like all your hard work pay off. The, the funny thing is, um, that um, at that suffocation show, without a doubt. We probably played uh, the three shorter tracks from the <laughs> from the record. Really? <laughs> Came out a couple of months ago. So, <laughs> I mean, nah, sweet man. Like, like you said, it's just about the like consistency and stuff like that, and um, you know, believing in yourself, believing like, believing like uh, the best possible outcome, but whilst being realistic, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not like we'd have been able to catch a deal off of like nuclear blast or someone like that at this point. And there was no point really getting caught up thinking that we could. Uh, just because like, you know, we're, we're, we're a brand new band and stuff like that. But, you know, um, like you said, um, it was rewarding for us again, just to be in like Melhammer and stuff like that. Because, you know, we've, we've been doing, we've been playing a band together now for what, like six years? And considering where it was at the start, where it is now, it's like, yeah, it's awesome. I wish we could have done it a lot quicker if we did on how. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we'd have tried to do it sooner, maybe, maybe it wouldn't have worked. You know, you need, you do kind of need that grind. You know? mm-hmm. Like uh, with Slime Lord and stuff, um, we've kind of like, Slime Lord does pretty good. You know, we're on like a, a European label and an American label and stuff. and. We've been fortunate enough to like play shows with like Two Malls and Black Witchery, and um, been able to play outside of Leeds more than within Leeds. In we've only been a band for like a year and a half and stuff, and I think that just came from uh, the the lessons me and you have learned over the years and stuff like that. So yeah. it was pretty cool to start a new band and not have to sit there for four or five years. Um, waiting for those good shows to come and stuff like that but it's sweet just yeah it's cool i guess it's just having that um reputation yeah just already having the experience so you know what mistakes you could make and how to avoid them 
a lot lot of big bands might have previously been in a band that they were in the band for like five six years and it didn't work out but then the new band like you know they can they can uh, make it work a lot easier because they've got the experience but with cryptic we've yep. just stuck at it absolutely so i guess we have to talk to you guys about aliens at some point don't we so What's your favourite UFO stories? Like, have you have you had any recent ones, um, or have you just got like a personal favourite? Um, I remember the previous interview we did. Yeah, that's um, what I mean. Back ten minutes, and then the next two hours about aliens. So yeah, this one's a bit more. Yeah, we have to get into the juicy yeah. stuff. Um, I don't want to talk now. Um. Pick a number between one and four. Two. Yeah, we'll Two. go. Okay. Um, so one night uh, I was at home and um, I came into my parents' room. I was maybe like 11, 12. And my dad was still at the window and he was like, I was like, what are you doing? And he was like, I'm just looking at this light. And it was like, oh. so I went over because obviously I'm intrigued and there was this like uh, red light just hovering. I, I live in an area which is like surrounded by fields and um, woodland and stuff like that and there was this like in the background there was just like in the you know the skylines like kind of the edge of the woods and stuff so a bit above that there was this like red orb in the sky uh, me and my dad was watching that for maybe like 10 minutes just trying to figure out what it was because um, it was literally just a red orb just sat there and then it just shot off. So that's that's my contribution <laughs> to, the, to the question. That's quite compelling um, to be fair. Four encounters that I've had with witnessing the unexplained. See, I'm so pissed um, off because I've never seen a UFO before, like, unless it's completely just gone out of my mind, but I'm really just envious of people that have had UFO experiences, like... It's never happened to me. I've had the exact same experience as Ryan. I, right. Well, at the last interview, I didn't have any experiences, but since then, so at the beginning, met with Ryan. bang on at the beginning <laughs> of the lockdown, um, I, came, I went out for a cig, and I was just, you know, when you're just like looking at the stars, cause, just because, you, you know, you want to pass the time. I, like, I looked up and I was like, hey, fucking minute, is that start moving? And it was literally, a, it was just a bright ass light. And it, it said it'd be there, you'd blink and it'd be like down there. And you'd blink again, it'd be there. It, it was just, it was moving about. And I was like, right, hang on. Like, I've I drank today or something. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a fucking sober. And I, first thing I did, I, I messaged Brad, like, Brad, there's a fuck. I can see a fucking UFO. And Brad, Brad, like, like, piss off. No, you can't. I was like, I swear to fucking God, there is. And ever since then, yeah, I've seen it four times, like in the same place at the same time, all the time. It's always at seven o'clock. And last time I saw it, there was three of them, three lights that sort of just went like that with each other. And then you blink, gone. Might be watching you. On it, I was, I, was, I remember Ready just watching, like, cacking it, because I was like, all right, there's three of them now. Is this, like, a sign? <laughs> you know, I'm fucking cacking it. I was just thinking, am I going to get abducted or something? <laughs> Interesting that you see it 
uh, like reoccurring times. Yeah. Well, I, I literally, I was like, every the first time I saw it, I didn't really think of the time. Second time I saw it, I was like, right, this is too much of a coincidence. So I was like, right, seven o'clock. Third time, I saw, it's always in like a consecutive space of like maybe like a month or so. So like between each other, and I like every so often I look up, I see it, and I'm like, nah, I. And I'm not the only person that saw it. I live with my parents. I <laughs> shouted at me like, Mum, there's a fucking UFO. Come see this, you so I'm not going crazy. Because, and she's convinced it was a satellite. But I was like, satellites don't fucking move like that. We wouldn't be able to see it. Like, <laughs> honestly, it, it was easy. It, well, it was just, it was mental. Like, I said I said to her, like, look, like, that one, it, that, that, I'm not saying, I was like, she was like, it's definitely not aliens. I'm like, we don't fucking know why like, it's just a light that we're moving and we know it were moving. And like, honestly, ever since then, I it proper it's changed my outlook on on like aliens and everything because I did believe they existed, but I was like maybe maybe they have come here, but I don't think I'd ever see it. I'd ever see it personally. But after see after seeing that, like, I was I was sat there proper spooked for like ages because I was like. I've literally just had like a life-changing experience. Like, <laughs> for honest, it was burned into my memory. Like, it was one of those where it's, it was terrifying. Like, it was terrifying, <laughs> but sick at the same time. Like, honestly, I was like, it was genuinely like one of the best experiences of my life, bro. Because so, like, so jealous, I've man. seen a fucking UFO. <laughs> like, um, what about you, Xander? Have you got any stories? No, I don't think so. It will happen. That's about Star Wars. This guy's Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a UFO. Um, no, not like super weird in the sky. Disappointing. <laughs> the weirdest thing is. So I'm disappointed as well. I've never seen anything. Uh, yeah. It, it, you know what? Next time, it, next time it comes up, I might try to film it because like last time I couldn't get it at all. It won't. I couldn't get it on camera, so I might actually bang out my ca- like actual camera and just like sit there, <laughs> see if I can fucking record it. No, you should. It, it's it's so eerie. Like you blink and it's just gone, and you're like, the fuck. Hmm. Telescope and have a close look. Well, I'm contemplating yeah, it because, like, where my window is in my room, it's the exact place where it is normally. So I'm actually so tempted just to get a telescope. Yeah, because if you use the camera, like, the lens isn't really going to zoom far enough, so it's going to be clear. Mm. Like, if you get a telescope, you can zoom in a bit further. Unless you've got, like, a massive lens, but you don't. Yeah, I don't. It, I goes, like, it goes, like, as far as that, that <laughs> softbox light, so I don't think it'll work properly. Yeah, well, I've got, I've got a little bit of a, a funny question for you. Right, we obviously all know everyone here. We all like metal, yeah. But is there any like guilty pre- pleasures that you like in terms of music that isn't metal? Um, I don't feel guilty about it, but I enjoy like a lot of Japanese pop music. That's pretty fun. Really? Something yeah. about it. Why? Like, I mean, I like a, I like I like watching anime and stuff. So I think it kind of comes from just the, the theme songs, and uh, stuff like that. What's that? Have you watched Food Wars? The, the I've seen a bit. I haven't watched too much. It's of fucking it, crazy. John's really in the 
My little brother watching that because he's in, he's getting signed, mate. And I, and I saw him watch a bit of it, and I was like, "What the fuck are you watching, man?" It's <laughs> like a few yeah, years ago. Turn it down. There's some, I don't know. There's some girl was eating a biscuit or something, and then all of a sudden it, it went <laughs> up or something. I don't know. Yes, food <laughs> for these girls, and then if they really like it, they have like an orgasm. So when I'm watching it, I have to like turn it down on mute. What? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, this is like the first time I've ever heard of this shit. What? It's called Food Wars. Yeah, I might actually have to try it. You watch should. That. <laughs> just make sure. Just make sure that you either watch it with headphones or you just turn it down to a point. Oh no, I've got no shame. <laughs> I'll put it on full blast. Alright, well, it's your, it's your fucking funeral then. <laughs> yeah, I've got fucking. I watched like a documentary on porn the other day, and like <laughs> I had it in the living room, and my mum came and shot. What the fuck are you watching? I was like, it's interesting. Don't worry. <laughs> it's purely factual. Right, fuck it. Honestly, that's actually a real show. Yeah. Fuck. I can't actually believe that's a show. <laughs> I don't know why you're surprised it's anime. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> what's your What's your favorite anime then? What would you say is your favorite anime? Uh, I don't necessarily have too many favorites. I've been watching like um, uh, Sword Art Online. Oh yeah, that's a good one. I mean, a lot of the ones I watch, I, I don't really have too much time to watch television at the minute. So, like, I'm trying my best to stay away from things that are too time consuming because I kind of get like, like, if I'm going to watch something, I'll sit there for like 20 hours straight and just watch it because yeah, I want to get it done. Um, so, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like stay away from like, series and stuff like that for a minute um until i've got a bit more time because i'll just get disappointed with myself for not for not watching this but um i mean well i was gonna say star wars clone wars is a bit of an anime but oh yeah you should get into that uh, yeah i should <laughs> but for the same reasons i can't because i'll get upset i can't want you all in the space of an hour <laughs> so, <laughs> so, have you seen the new season I've seen the new season. It's phenomenal. I I binged it. It's so fucking good. Like I was, I was just, I sat there all day, and like, oh, quality. Waited a few years since the last did it, so the technology's better than that. Yeah, it's really fucking good. How it links with uh, Revenge of the Sith. It's just great. Oh yeah. Have you seen like how they did it? Uh, Have you seen like the behind the scenes? They kind of switched from um, they switched from doing just you know like hand drawn and stuff like that and like computer animation to doing full like they did like motion capture work for a lot of lot of the scenes like if you watch it um they 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 got a lot of the original actors back to do motion capture for them so it fit better with how the you know Revenge of the Sith went on yeah you know I mean like it, it honestly I I watched them behind the scenes is actually really fucking interesting how they did it. That's nice, yeah. I've spent a lot of hours watching all the behind the scenes of like the prequels and Star Wars and that. They're mm. good fun. Have you seen the yeah. new Star Wars? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, right, I've performed a rant about that. What did you think to the ending? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, Rise of Skywalker. Palpatine. Actually, very glad to say, but Citrus Yeah, kind of, yeah, kind of died. 
bad ending. Oh, yeah. I'm just gonna end this <laughs> right, I, sat, I, it, I sat watching it. I got. I waited until it came out on Disney Plus, and I I watched it, and I was like. Oh fuck it! Oh, that's that was shit. <laughs> I was fuming. I've seen them all in the cinema, obviously, midnight screening, all because I'm, you know, of course. And uh, yeah. well, I don't want to get too into it because we we could be ranting here forever. But I'll give you my brief opinion. You know, episode seven was really safe. It was like, all right, yeah, it was a bit too friendly, too safe, you know. But yeah, fair enough. It was alright. It was good. Um, Last Jedi is total abomination. Total shit. They really messed it up. Mm. I don't know why they just handed it to that Ryan Johnson guy. Like, oh yeah, do what you want. You can write it as well. So that's really sad. But uh, the Rise of Skywalker, I think, really redeemed it, and I, I did really enjoy that one. Mm. But I, I can't count them in in the Star Wars, in like the real Star Wars mythos, because it's not George Lucas who threw his scripts away. Yeah, I agree on that. So, you know, if it's not Big George, then... Is it going back to help in the last one? Yeah, yeah. I, were, I kind of count episode 789 as, um, you know, before Disney had it, there was all the expanded universe. I just I just see it as, oh, this is what could have happened, but it didn't happen. I yeah. felt like the same, like, I hate it when something gets butchered that's, like, so classic and so great. Like, when they released a new Predator film, like, I watched it and it was just such a different approach. And I just, like, I was almost, like, gobsmacked when I came out because I couldn't believe what they'd done with it. Like, they tried to turn it into almost a bit of a comedy. Well, that, that new Predator film, to be fair, I thought it was good, but I did watch it, like, proper shit first. Well, yeah. Like, yeah I was case. watching it, like, proper pins, like, this is mint, this. It's all right. I mean, it was a bit goofy and comedy, but it was all right, you know. It wasn't the worst. I did really enjoy Predators. You want to say? You see Predators from like 2012. Oh, yeah, I really like that one. I actually prefer that one more than Predator 2, to be honest. Like, it's got quite a decent cast as well. Yeah. Have you seen the new Terminator? That's fuck it. I like that one. I like that Terminator film. I haven't, to be honest. Fuck it, shit. I did see Genesis. I really enjoyed that, but I don't know why I've not seen the new one. Yet. The new, the new ones actually like the you know the one in in between the the more, like the new one and you're the one where they they spoiled basically spoiled the film in the trailer, where it literally like they fucking gave away the biggest plot point. The that one's not that good, but the the newest one redeems it is that the one with Amelia Clark in it yeah it's the it's the one where it's they basically brought back Hmm? that's Genesis I like that one yeah fuck it no one will say Genesis I I really did actually enjoy Genesis yeah I think besides the original three I haven't really branched out into any of the new ones that they've done no the new one uh, I watched behind the scenes and how they did it Um, fucking really good Anyway, so back to the music, back to the music. What are your main influences? Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars, straight up. Um, that's, that's probably actually uh, the biggest, maybe. Yeah, I think Star Wars motivates both of us in every aspect of life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about, like, band-wise? Um, absolutely, Voivod. Um, Voivod kind of 
I guess they did pave the way for just um, being weird, one man. of the first to just to be weird and creative and sci-fi and stuff, and that's that's real sweet. I mean, uh, you can say the same for Oblivion as well. They're a band uh, from Canada, and uh, they're, they're pretty out there. Um, so they're Vector as well? Yeah, Vector are cool. Um, Gargoyles Obscura definitely became more of an influence with this record. Yeah. Uh, that, that album is incredibly strange, and um, I'd love to be a part of something similar when it comes to just being so creative and uh yeah, weird. yeah the coming up with like that mindset for that record is it's really like surreal to imagine it and that's kind of something we want to like tap into a bit you know just because they were so focused and so like forward thinking on that and as well all the weird guitar techniques i'm, I'm really into all that really really into all that just trying to make it sounds with the guitar that are really conventional and a lot of bands that do it unfortunately there's like a lot of like dissonant death metal like august copycats these days which is cool because you know it's a cool sound but bands that really like mess about with their instrument is really cool um ad nauseum they're from italy they're they're like the best goggles obscure worship kind of band i've heard and there's right. a new band that i've discovered recently called embryonic death they're back from early 90s and they were like a simple death metal band but on their ep stream of solidarity from 93 they just turned into like this brutal atheist kind of band and they were just absolutely wacky doing all sorts of weird sounds with the guitar but I, I, i'm all instantly drawn to like stuff like that um there's a band called time ghoul who uh, a pretty big influence on us yeah uh, just because they're kind of weird and never necessarily got popular in their day. So it's pretty cool and like a unique sound and they were just doing what they wanted. Um, they kind of uh, went out there in regards of pushing their own uh, like stories within the, the lyrics and stuff like that. Yeah, when I discovered Time Gold, <laughs> my, my head was just blown off. I'm like, whoa. So I remember I was just Googling like, I don't know, weird death metal bands, sci-fi death metal bands, and this and this time goal came up and I remember walking home from work and I just put it on. I was like, this is this is really good. So yeah, like time goal's idea of like using stories and atmosphere was like a big influence on on the RRF, I think. Because prior it was it was mainly about you know the songs were a lot short. It was much more about like individual riffs. Yeah. But, Time goal just have an overall vibe and atmosphere, and, and that was something that we wanted to sort of bring into all that stuff. Well, I guess, um, especially Morbid Angel, um, the Steve Tucker era, so the Formulas record, the Heretic, uh, that was pretty influential when it came to change, well, just writing the next record. Yeah, um, it just gave us a lot of motivation. Band called Mifas from the UK. They're pretty out there in regards of pushing themselves um, performance-wise. Atmosphere as well. Atmosphere as well. They sound pretty similar to Morbid Angel. They're like kind of not too well known. Um, yeah, and it's kind of like their little hidden gems, other than obviously Megadeth being the best band of all time. 
that kind of influenced us. Atheist as well. Not too much, but just think, just more on the premise of those guys really didn't push themselves musicians and stuff. So that was pretty yeah. cool. I mean, Atheist was more of an influence on our earlier releases, I think. Yeah. Just trying to do like weird janky stuff, but like visitations is more about the atmosphere rather than you know doing weird wanky stuff. Not for the sake of it, for to make a good song, but um not Turnus, yeah. obviously. Turnus. Not yeah. Turnus, the, the kings of sci-fi death metal. Mainly the album cover for Thresholds. That's the biggest influence <laughs> yeah, I get. Yeah. yeah, that that album that's pretty yeah. overwhelming. Right. Yeah, this was pretty sweet. The, the main ones uh, for me are probably Vector and Revocation. Oh, I, when I hear Vector, yeah. it was like, oh, oh, you, you can do this with music. Oh, right, all oh, right, cool. You know, like the thrash metal mixed with the sci fi and the atmosphere. And, and then Revocation are really important for me, like just uh, compositional wise, because Dave Davidson's like a, a jazz master and the chords he uses are just unheard yeah, of. Any, uh, you know, just all bands just stick to like melodic minor or major or a diminished scale or something, but really there's hundreds of like flavours you can use and, and revocations really opened me up to that, like guitar playing wise and using different chords and modes. You know, it's, it really is just mind blowing, mm. and it's a bit of probably a, a more of a subtle influence because we kind of aimed more to like a little more underground death metal, a little more atmospheric. But Revocation are like one of the probably one of the biggest uh, like technical death metal bands out there, and they're really like modern sounding. But even so, I I definitely really uh, inspired by them. Yeah, they're definitely masters of the craft revocation. Yeah, well, I remember when you showed me revocation for the first time. Like, I, I, I didn't listen to them, and then Brad Wright, yeah, incredible have you ever heard of revocation, and he showed me the Grip Titans, and fucking, ever since then, I've followed them like religiously. Like every single album yeah. they do is just quality. Just yeah, so fucking. Just good. get better and better, I think. Yeah, they, they really like do. They really line. improve the sound per album, which is like something I always like really respect from bands. Because it's so easy when you, especially when you get to like revocation sites, to just yeah. get complacent and go. Uh, people just listen to it anyway, and the fact that they they constantly and constantly, constantly push themselves. Yeah, push yeah. themselves and quite like question, can we do better? I think I think mad respect. Yeah, it's, it's really. I'm really happy that every album's great and it has like an, uh, an expansion from. And as a guitar player, it's. I think revocation is sort of enhanced because since like the melodies and the chords that it make, you know, I, I don't understand it completely, but it makes me intrigued and I'm like, how do you do that? How do you do that? You know? Yeah. Mm. There's yeah. always something engaging about them. Yeah. So what about like, um, so obviously when lockdown is finally over, whenever that will be, do you have like any bands that you, you know, you have a dream tour with? Like is any bands in particular that you've wanted to play for a long time? Um, well, like, we've played a few shows with Voivod, but like, full tour would be really nice. Um, Nocturnus, now that they've returned, that would be really cool. Their new record's phenomenal. Um, I guess it's more just about 
us playing and we're kind of tired of anyone at this point because we just want to go out and see how the record is around the world and stuff. I mean, it's, it's real fun for us because right now, like, uh, merchandise and orders are we still doing house are always like worldwide and yeah we got new fans turning out from like everywhere so it's like it's, I, it's I, I'm, I'm more yeah. interested in us getting out and uh, playing the record and getting visitation from Miss Saladus uh, performed live worldwide hopefully you're going to Moonbelt in What's that? We're going to play Moonbelt Immolate on live? Yeah, yeah. More, yeah. more, yeah, yeah. Like, Boss. for sure. Yeah. For sure. No, no worries whatsoever about that. Yeah, um, yeah. We, we, we get that a lot. We get a lot of people asking, like, oh, you know, can you play it live? It's like, well, how do you think we recorded it? Like, yeah. of course we can play it live. <laughs> um, and and that that'll be pretty sweet, because um, I don't know if people are going to expect us to play that, but um, well, we're more, more than ready in a position to do that. I mean, we, yeah. And the, having Moonbelt Emulator as a song in the album's kind of like a big selling point for people. It attracts attracts people. And, yeah, and absolutely. And to hear that, oh, you're going to play that 25 minute song. You know, that'll like probably draw people in. You know. Mm. I'd, yeah. de- I'd definitely go like to see that because to fuck it, I'll go when you know the um the actual like gig got cancelled. By early in the year with views on like our fuming i was like so upset because i was like oh, i'm actually really looking forward to it i like, on it, it like it was one of my top gigs for the year i was like i'm really looking looking forward to seeing them but hopefully 2021 will be better and it, it, like, gigs it up, be yeah so i think you're right we'll be probably springtime i imagine when gigs come back so we'll see how the world is then on the subject of bands and influences and that who do you think's like a band going at the minute that like really really like underappreciated like you, you listen to them like i wish these guys had more like more like listeners because they're so fucking good like who would you say it hits that for you like who are like so like underappreciated in, in the scene probably our guitarist of a band separation they're like the best UK band of the past ten years, and yeah. Uh, Whenever people ask, yeah. like, "Oh, what are your other favorite bands like from England?" Do you like that? And I'm, I'm always like, "Separation, that's it, really." Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Um, it is still in separation, working like a uh, new material thing, and and uh, they've been like one of my favorites since the founding. And their, their EP Echoes of Mercy was kind of hinting on some weird and progressive edge, so it's really exciting to see what is, what um, what they'll do. And plus, Joss is in Cryptic now, so he can bring some of that weirdness to us. Mm. You know, it's kind of funny because um, like when we knew Joe was going to leave and stuff, it was pretty apparent that there wasn't going to be too many guitarists in the UK that we wanted to join the band but we were pretty certain that we wanted Joss to join and thankfully the moment we asked him he was he was interested so it's good yeah. to to be on board and stuff like that because yeah it's a, it was a big ask i don't know when the last time we did the, the last interview was were you guys maybe joe was still in the band at that point but i think it might have been last year 
Was it last year? Yeah, it was like towards the end of last year, beginning of this year. But I think Joe literally just left. I think Joe literally had just left. Uh, I think it was actually a question about it, wasn't it? Like, how did you approach like getting a new member and that? Uh, yeah, Joss is in. It'd be really cool to have them in, yeah. Yeah, separation. Um, and we bounce. We dig right now. Void Ceremony. Yeah, Void um, Ceremony are great. A cool band from, well, America. They're on the West California side, but... Uh, They've been going for a little while, but and we've been chatting to Garrett uh, quite a bit since the release of Visitations. We got to know him, and uh, and that that's been really cool. And then his records come out. That song Twenty Bucks been, and uh, that's like kind of weird death metal, and it's it's got a lot of interesting elements to it, and, and the production as well is is like really really yeah. good. So. So yeah, we are going to have to wrap this up in a minute, but I've got one last question for you guys. Uh, what did you think about the uh, UFO footage that was released from the Pentagon? Compelling, not compelling? I, about time. <laughs> it's about time the US government talking about what they know. Um, I think they've been holding it off a bit too long. I think it's a bit upsetting that they did it when the world was in lockdown, so it kind of got... That was definitely tactical. Yeah. 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 I mean, it makes sense to release it from them, doesn't it, at that time? Yeah. I mean, maybe it... I, I don't know. I kind of felt like the US Pentagon announcing that they're, they're aware of UFOs and stuff like that um, would have been more of a big deal. It should have been, yeah. It should have been more yeah. of a big deal. But unfortunately... The media hasn't picked up on it, so it's like, I don't know. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's kind of a question on their back burner, people, but... A lot of people probably don't even know that they announced that. No. But it kind of is scary because I, I think it means that more announcements are to come. Yeah, what did they yeah. yeah, for sure. But, like, why now, though? You know what I mean? Like, after all these this time of covering things up, like what they did with Roswell, and then now they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, this you know, this is what we've got here. Yeah. It just seems a bit of a weird time to drop it. Like, there must be some sort of reason or agenda behind it. I, feel, I think that... The, They've slowly been like sat there thinking, going, there's no point like trying to hide this anymore. Cause like, I think it, it's a, he asked most people, it's like a well known, everyone's like, yeah, there's definitely aliens. Like, I've never met anyone that said no. And I feel like over time, they're going to slowly be like, yeah, Roswell, you know, shit happened. Yeah. Hey, you know, Area 51, you know, like they'll, they'll slowly start drip, giving us more and more drips of information. Well, the cover ups that they tried to do for Roswell just sounded more bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, it, but I feel yeah, like. Aliens are, aliens are inevitable. Yeah. yeah. But the biggest question is have they visited Earth and are they here? So, yeah. um, but the, the three videos that this, the CIA released, uh, they were already like circulating online and I think they said they released them. Just to clear up any confusion of people saying they were fake because they're like different versions of fake videos, yeah. so they released like official three ones. But the weirdest thing is the, the next announcement that they made, they were saying that they said, Oh, yeah, we are in possession of alien craft that are not of this earth and we don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I saw that. I, I reckon that they'll slowly start giving us more and more drips of information. 
Like there's there's four undocumented like site like World War Two fighters and World War Two like pilots sit going, yeah, no, we saw some weird shit in World War II. I mean like there's like documented cases throughout all of history that there's there's gotta have been some interaction. Like you even look at Renaissance paintings and in certain Renaissance paintings there's always like in most of them there's like a little disc in the background just like having a, having a, having a little bit of a chill you know what i mean like you just kind of you sit there and you think like there's no way that there isn't any there hasn't been any interaction like yeah i think between us and aliens it's too much compelling evidence it's, to suggest that there is there's there's too much and there's there's too much detail in like a lot of stories like to ju- because if you if you're gonna lie at least make like an a an easy lie that you can be consistent with but when you you look at a lot of accounts it's so detailed to the point where you're like like look this guy can't be lying because if he's lying he's a fucking good liar do i mean like i think eventually we will there will be a point where i go yeah fuck it they exist we've got loads of the fucking like back in ancient times people thought there were gods you know coming Mm -hmm. down and then then like the Middle Ages, you know, it was like, oh, it must be witchcraft, sorcery, and, yeah. and now we're like, oh, it must be aliens, UFOs, so maybe they're all linked. I mean, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, to be honest. Like, everything that's sort of in the scriptures and stuff of them seeing these really obscure sightings that they can't explain, like, when you put aliens on top of that, it does make so much more sense. Yeah. Not saying that is concrete, but it's just like... It makes more sense than the man in the sky, you know what I mean? I saw a Reddit post of some bloke who he came up with a really good theory. Um that the reason why people are the way they are and like how we're how we are and how we look and how we act and stuff is because aliens tampered with our DNA when when we were chimps. And he one bit of evidence that he he pulled up on it is the fact that humans can have kids with every any other human that i mean like everything like you can we can have kids with anyone right so the like it the, there's not a lot of species that can do that it's got a foot after send you the the full on reddit post because he proper deep dives like he even goes into like how our muscle fibers grow compared to other primates and now like in evolution yeah it is possible but it'd probably take way longer than what we think our evolution started at, and it, I was like, I reading it, I was like, it took me, it took me a fucking, it was a good fucking hour read because I had to read over it a couple of times because I was like, right, this fucking guy is proper fucking deep dive into. It literally, he's he's thought of literally every argument and like this is why I think we our, our DNA got tampered by aliens. Yeah. Well, that same feeling of like mystery and unexplained and intrigue that you get from aliens is the same vibe that we want to give people when they put on our record. Yeah, exactly. You do give yeah. you do give that exactly. vibe and you, you do it really well. Um you you're easily one of one of my favourite bands. Like I'll have to say, like genuinely I am a big fan. Like where I do I, I do genuinely enjoy the stuff that you put out and the fact that I'm doing this interview with you is like massive like pretty great for me because i was like this is fucking sick um just genuinely the new album and everything you've done before um 
it's so well put together and I can't wait to hear what you you come out with next. Yeah, likewise. But yeah, thank I'm you. Working. Yeah, thank you very much guys for doing this anyway. Um hopefully we'll get you back on again and uh we'll have for as much issues with teams next time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll um we'd love to get you guys back on and can't wait to see you guys perform the new songs live as well. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. All right, cheers, see you guys. guys. Thank see you. you. Bit. Bye. Bye.